Welcome back, everybody, to the Dungeon Crawl podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This episode's going to be a little different than the last, like, I don't know, four or five that I've done because uh, the last ones have been ideas that I've had and I've been gestulating on and working on and kind of did some reading and studied for it. But this one is responding directly to what's going on in the D&D world, the D&D zeitgeist right now. We're talking about the D&D Direct 2023. Woo! And if you've got keen ears or you're watching on the YouTube video, you can hear a second pair of hands clapping along. Would you like to introduce yourself with a very special guest? Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Ryan's girlfriend, and I've only played D&D three times. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Well, you were on the <laughs> podcast before, a long time ago. Yes, I was. Um, and we were talking yesterday about this D&D Direct while I was kind of prepping for the episode. Uh, and I thought it'd be interesting there. That was kind of funny little side thing oh it'd be kind of fun to you know talk about this on the podcast and then today we were talking about fun but also more seriously and we're like yeah let's do it yeah uh because to me this dnd direct or dnd direct period or i guess directs period uh the companies put them on because they're trying to show off their products but also bring more people in and especially dnd right now it's in a very popular space with the movie coming out critical has always been big but they now have like amazon shows releasing and so DD is in a very big spot right now so this DD direct you would think would be trying to capitalize on a lot of that hype uh and so one of the reasons why i wanted to bring her along for this episode is to respond to as a newer DD player we haven't seen the movie yet if you have, comment below and or in the Discord. Say your thoughts. Say what you enjoyed about it, what you didn't like about it. We're going to see it soon, but um, I'm thinking about the perspective of pe- newer people that are hopping into D&D because they saw the movie or because they watched the Critical Role show or whatever. Their friends got them into D&D uh, and decided, you know what? I love video games. I like watching the, the Nintendo Direct. I like mm-hmm. hearing about the new Zelda game coming out. So let me watch this D&D Direct, see if it can rope me in as well. So that's perspective I'm thinking about hopping into here. Uh, so I wanted to get her thoughts, her opinions on being a newer D&D player without not, not seeing the movie, but still having, you already have an interest in the in the product. Yes. Yes. Um, and also going off of what you said earlier, um, I've actually seen like promoted ads from um, Dimension 20s, like, um, oh, yeah. what, what is it? Streaming site? Yeah, like you're promoting the dropout. Yes. Um, So I'm sure it's coming up on other people's feeds that are into like nerdy things and tabletop games. So was everyone that has a has a uh, dog to fight for? I don't know. That's the phrase in um, the D&D space right now. Is yeah, I'm sure they're all buying ads, buying all sorts of stuff to try to oh yeah to push their product as much as possible. Because like I said, it's in a very popular space currently. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm making sure that things are still recording because things are turning off behind me. Um, so I do want inst- to say that uh, D&D, uh, they did tweet, um, or Wizards of the Coast, I should say, did tweet before the D&D Direct came out. Okay. Uh, and they said, um, 
Uh, things are freaking out over here. I'm making sure it's still okay. I, now, now that I make sure it's going on, I don't, I don't have to look over anymore. But they made a post saying that um, the D&D Direct will not be a deep dive into 2023 tabletop products. That deep dive apparently will come later this year. So this is like a introductory kind of like um, teaser sort of. Yeah, it says they're, they're going to celebrate the upcoming D&D movie, go hands-on with the VTT, the virtual tabletop, share exciting partnerships, and reveal a few surprises. But the uh, like the big flagship products, the tabletop products, um, we'll learn about that more later this year, apparently. Okay, so that sounds like they're releasing this direct for the purpose of having something alongside to go with the movie. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't see that tweet, which I didn't until I looked around a little deeper, then you could go into this direct kind of, in my opinion, I'm gonna do a little spoiler here. If you haven't watched it or have seen it, my opinion already is lackluster. Um, and if I hadn't seen that tweet at a time, like I said, I didn't. Very disappointed with what we saw. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive into the announcements. I'm just going to start. I'm using the D&D Beyond recap here, and obviously we're going to filter in our own thoughts here and there. Um, so let's start with the first thing, the first big announcement, the Minecraft Dungeons and Dragons crossover, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so first of all, I'm surprised Minecraft is still doing big stuff like this. Um, I feel like they've done other crossovers, but I can't put my finger on it right now. Um, it just makes me laugh how the guy that made the uh, notch, you know, took the bag and left. He, he has disappeared from the <laughs> Minecraft world. Does he still get, what's it called, residuals? And I don't know. I'll, I, I know Microsoft just paid him like a couple million dollars or whatever, and I think he just left. I think that was it. They bought his product and turned it into what it is today. Um, but yes, yeah, so they have a, yeah. a big thing that's just, it's a, called a Minecraft X Dungeons and Dragons DLC, is what they're calling it. Uh, they say you and your friends will journey into the Forgotten Realms as your own D&D characters. You can level up, collect loot, and face off against classic monsters. This reminds me of, I don't know if you ever saw any of the Minecraft mods. There was a Minecraft mod for... Like Pokemon or yeah, I've uh, seen like videos about people playing them. Yeah, because this this does not remind me of the Minecraft I remember of collecting loot and facing off against monsters. Well, I guess maybe that, but not leveling up. Actually, I guess they did it eventually <laughs> include leveling up. But I don't think did leveling up when I played, which was God knows how long. I don't think that did anything for you. So leveling up increased the power of the monsters just made things harder i believe so and it did other things because i remember being like oh i need to be a level five to do oh that. you could enchant when you yes enchanting chanting it would take away your levels yes okay i never did that because that, that took a lot of time i just built houses right and <laughs> decorated uh but they added supposedly the displacer beast the gelatinous cube uh the mimic wow. and beholders uh, it also says, did we mention dragons? Because there's dragons, y'all. So I guess there's also dragons. I mean, it's Dungeons like and Dragons. Yeah. yeah, I guess they have like the red dragon would be my guess or something else. Uh, but that's cool. I don't know if that means that's... I guess actually I bl believe that means it's probably a separate game mode. 
I don't know how Minecraft is set up anymore. I think it's they have like separate servers that have separate things. Like so I, I doubt you just can roll up a new Minecraft server and there's D and D monsters everywhere. Um. So with mods, it's more like the different type of server, like what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's probably what it is. Whereas like or like a different game mode, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, or maybe yeah, because it looks like it also has the Forgotten Realms map is in there. Okay, they got a they got a gold dragon. Maybe there's a brass dragon. I can't tell. They have loot, different weapons. Yeah, this has got to be like its own server. I think the way that Minecraft look at that holder. I think the way the Minecraft deal or yeah Minecraft DLCs and stuff work. I think it is um, very much like a you kind of click a button and it takes you to a different screen and then you can click like a like a, a mod pack I guess if you will. Um, it looks cool. It looks cool. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of people who like modded Zelda games into a Minecraft mm, um, yeah. format. So then like it's like you're doing the Zelda game, but you're going through it as a Minecraft map and you have to do it in the same manner. Does that make sense? I think so. Oh, well, yeah, because it was people that made the Lord of the Rings map. And yes. you could walk from the Shire yes. all the way to Mordor. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything going on, but um, you could just walk the map. Right. Look at this. Look, the final screen of the of the Minecraft and Dungeons and Dragons crossover trailer. That is so cute. It's the Minecraft characters behind a D&D &D screen. Like, they're actually playing. That is so cute. It's cute. Um, okay, so that's, that's their big crossover there. And the average age of Minecraft players is probably still... Pretty young, I would say. It's not us. <laughs> so it's 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 hitting them while they're young to get into the D and D. Maybe I don't know if you have to pay for this. This is what the nineties and panicked about in the eighties. <laughs> it says uh, coming soon. Okay, so yeah, I don't think we have any more information on it. If it costs money, I don't know anything about Minecraft DLCs, but cool. Uh, then they announced Cute. that they released the Minecraft monstrous monstrous compendium which is the third of their monster, monstrous compendium set. Um, and each one, they just add a bunch of free stat blocks for people to check out. Uh, and this, okay. I'm sure you could imagine, is Minecraft related. So the creatures they released in this monstrous compendium are the Blaze, which is the creature you find in Nether, that little floating oh, creature. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Creeper, the Ender Dragon, the Enderman, and the Wolf. Oh, okay. Like a regular wolf? Yes, just a wolf, which is, I find strange. I don't know. Okay. It just I looks mean, like I, a regular wolf just, sat block to me. It looks like they're just using what they have already coded into the game. Well, see, okay, that, that's it's interesting you say that. Uh, I was looking this looking this earlier. The creeper sat block, obviously, it's the most notorious creature, I would say, from Minecraft. Yes. Um, so the way it works, the stat block is as 19 health, okay. right? So it's pretty low health-wise, 12 armor class. Uh, it's immune to lightning. I don't know if it's if that's is that in the game. Is it immune? Where is to, this lore coming from? Yeah, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Actually, it says, oh, it's because it's exploding. No, it says here if a creeper is struck by lightning, rather than being harmed, it becomes charged with electrical electrical power. Does that happen in Minecraft? Did I never see? I this? don't even know if there's lightning in Minecraft. In this charged state, the creeper gains a bluish aura and can explode even greater power. Wow, I, I don't know if that happens in the game, but it's cool. Um, okay, so it says the creature can't take actions except for dash, disengage, hide, and search. Aww. Can't take cute. bonus actions or reactions. 
Uh, when it drops to zero hit points from a charged creeper explosion, which is over there, its head falls off. A creeper's fallen head is hollow and can be worn as a mask. Oh. Kind of creepy. <laughs> uh, then here's the, here's the main thing, you know, what creepers do, the destruction part of it. Uh, if there are no humanoids within 10 feet, oh, wait, uh, when it's ends its turn within 10 feet of mm-hmm. a humanoid that it can see, the creeper stops moving and emits a hiss sound, enough to be heard by creatures within 30 feet. Cute. If it drops to zero hit points before the next turn, the hissing stops and the creeper dies. Otherwise, if there are no humanoids within 10 feet, it stops hissing and it uses movement to walk to the next humanoid it can see. Or, if there are one or more humanoids still within 10 feet of the hissing creeper, it explodes in a ball of energy that fills a 20-foot radius sphere, and it does 46 force damage. So, is this the stat block for if you're running a live Minecraft game? Like a live Minecraft D&D game? What do you mean by live? Well, it's it's mentioning feet and things like that, like in a regular D&D game. But as yeah. you're... Playing, you're probably just going to run up to a, with a sword and attack it. Yeah, but some, it's so important to know the feet distances and the and the, like. The other other stat okay. blocks also have feet distances and stuff. Um, but so this forty six damage that seems low for me because every time a creeper explodes and you're right next to it, you always die unless you're wearing, I guess, heavy armor. Or oh, that's true. In, in yeah. The game. Um, and it says if it's charged by lightning damage, it does an extra 2d6 damage. Hmm. And it's afraid of cats. Oh, love. It's cool. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if you'd ever really use this in your game. Maybe. The inner dragon looks kind of cool, it but the stat block seems one shot. low. Yeah, Minecraft uh, one shot. Mi- Minecraft one shot. And you know how they have those like Minecraft figures at the store? Yeah. You just like... I, mean, I have some behind me. Yeah, you do. Got a creeper right here. This one looks charged up, actually. Look, it's it's got a blue aura. It's super cute. Huh. But yeah, you could put those on the on the map. It'd be super cute. Uh, and then they got the Enderman. They add like they even added the Ender Pearl in the game uh, into D and D, which is basically you throw it uh, sixty feet and wherever it lands, you teleport to. Cool. Um, seems interesting. Um, so far. If you were watching this as a new fan, are you sold into playing? Well, here, here's my thing. I am not in this age demographic that plays Minecraft anymore. It's like having a Fortnite crossover. <laughs> exactly. And I don't have kids. Um, so I don't believe I'm the target demographic here. Um, but if I had kids, it would actually be super cute. And maybe we could play uh, Minecraft D&D together. Yeah, that might be a way to get your children to get into your the kids game. to play into the real game. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I do think D&D is a great kids game it it can be flexes a lot of your uh muscles that are important for i mean go watch my last podcast about improv and how important that thing those things are for just everyday living and if a kid starts learning that at a young age i think that would be delightful Mm -hmm. okay moving on to the next thing here we got dungeons and dragons honor among thieves which is the movie they had a a longer trailer that showed more cool stuff um and the movie's out now so if you want to go check it out go purchase a ticket and go watch it i'm sure you've heard of the DD merch that they have they got a cool dragon (gasps) popcorn they got a cool d20 popcorn and shirts and stuff (laughs) um yeah, so that's that's what they showed here. Uh, it looks cool. I've heard good, pretty good things, surprisingly, about it. Uh, so I'm excited to watch it at some point, especially the D and D fan. I think one of the players in my campaign said um, that was about a seven or eight 
for non-D&D fans, and they'd say about an 8 or a 9 for D&D fans. So, intriguing. Exciting. Exciting. Uh, next thing we got here they announced was new player resources at Play. Let's go to it. PlayDnd.com, which I th- want to say is a newer website that they've kind of been working on um, that's separate from D&D Beyond. Um, so, it's, okay, it's funny. Yeah, it auto-directs you back to dndbeyond.com slash PlayDnd. I guess it's just a redirect It's site. just a redirect, yeah. But, yeah, I guess PlayDnd. Play dnd.com is easier to, to 100%, remember than dnd slash play dnd. Um, but it just this seems like the way if you were to recommend to new people to hop into dnd, this is what they're trying to bring you towards. They give you previews of Human Barbarian. I assume it just gives you a like a yeah, and they just take you straight to wow. a level one. Uh, character for a human barbarian even has a tour wow you can claim the character so you can get it in your own DD beyond account i imagine and see this is so interesting because one of the most daunting things about starting to play DD is your character yeah sure it's exciting but it's also like what do these numbers mean and why am i doing math in a game that i want to play like this is true so i will it's say very interesting since the onset of DD beyond making a character has never been easier I remember when I first started and my first task was like, all right, let's see. Because I knew I was going to have to get a bunch of people together that don't know anything about D&D. Right. And have to convince them that we're going to play this game. And so I need to know what I'm doing. And so right. I'm like, all right, first task is I need to learn how to create a character. Mm-hmm. And it took me hours. It took me hours to make my first character just using the player's handbook. And then I tried to do it a second time and then try to teach someone else how to do it. And it was a, it was a whole thing. And now D&D Beyond makes it super easy. And this is now even easier to hop into. And it was so interesting because my first time making a D&D character for a game I didn't even end up playing, um, well, it took me days. And I mean, like, a couple hours a day because I couldn't figure it out. And I was also using the player's handbook because that's all I had. Yeah. I only had that free resource and I didn't know about dndbeyond.com. And what we played a week or two ago took yep. me minutes. Literal minutes. And since you were the DM in that game, I just had to ask you, hey, what, uh, like, are, do we have weight um, like for gold coins right. and things like that? Yeah. I just had to double check those questions. And that was it. I was done. The hardest part was choosing a name. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, they've made it it's so cool. very easy to get into now. Um, they also added for DMs three campaigns for you to hop into now. I mean, I'd say really one of them is just a campaign. The other two are like one shots. Um, they have the Lost Mine of Fandelver, which is the beginner box. I'm curious if it has the entire thing. I'm not entirely sure. I'll click on it and find the out. The beginner box is in like um, okay. a separate product? Uh, yes, the beginner box is something that I actually have um, <clears throat> up there in my closet. Uh, the beginner box is a starter adventure, which is the Lost Mine of Fandelver. Mm-hmm. Um, takes you from first to fourth level, maybe fifth level. I'm not sure. Um, and you do all lots of cool little things and also comes with, um, D and D like character sheets for people to quickly get into and like beginner rules. So just, it's a quick way to try to get people into the game and lost mind of Fandelver is that adventure. So I'm assuming that you can just run through the whole, I clicked explore and it just took me to the main page of D and D beyond. So maybe it's cause I already own it or something. I, I can't do it, but, uh, they also added two others frozen sick. Which okay. I believe was created as like kind of like an intro-ish into Rhyme of the Frostmaid, which was an adventure that came out last year or two years ago. 
Um, not positive, but it seems interesting. And then Prisoner 13 is a one-shot for the fourth-level characters that is based or diving into the world of the upcoming movie, D&D uh, Honor Among Thieves, the high-stake adventure, heist adventure. Uh, seemed kind of cool. Um, so they released those all for free now. So you just hop oh. in, check it out. Um, see, the, here's the starter set. Um, I want to say they've also... Yeah, the starter set is no longer the Lost Mine of Fandover, which is probably why they're releasing it for free. The starter set mm. is now Dungeon or Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Interesting cool. name. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, and they released a cute little video with Joe Cat, who's a creator on YouTube, um, that is supposed to get your friends and grab your friends and... Uh, playing D&D. So again, really trying to push and make D&D, again, as accessible as possible. Listen, we love people. free resources. Yeah. We love accessibility. So this, I'd say, you know, props, they're hitting what I said earlier. If you're aiming for people that are new into D&D and curious about getting into it, boom, this is a way for you to hop into it pretty early. I am loving, so far, this um, kind of, like, relatability and accessibility that's coming from this Direct, especially yeah. with... I'm sure you know D&D &D being demonized for decades. Yes. So I greatly appreciate um, since this movie has come out and it's accessible in like many public theaters that, hey, this is just a game. It's not something crazy. Here's actually free resources. It's a book. You know, it's it's not. Hey, here's this new satanic cult you can get into. Thank you. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think D &D, I'm enjoying this. At least Wizards of the Coast themselves have moved D&D &D away from the edgy nature that the 80s. And so, you know, putting pentagrams everywhere and some right. demons and stuff. I mean, you still do that, but it's not in the forefront anymore. Right, I'm saying it's not the now it's got like, you know, cute animations or, you know, quirky little videos and stuff. It's not just people being edgy all the time, which people still are edgy, but it's not the, at the forefront. Right. <laughs> uh, so now we got the next thing they have asked were D&D &D play events at local game stores, LGSs. <gasps> Exciting. Um, and they're saying from April 7th to 9th, which when this episode releases will be the, the coming weekend. weekend yeah. Mm -hmm. um, game stores all across the United States and Canada. Wow. Wow. We're running Voyage to Stormwreck Isle, which, as we mentioned before, is the starter set. Uh, uh, which is apparently an introductory 30-minute demo. I don't know what you can really get done in 30 minutes in D&D. I mean, combat itself takes like two hours. So I'd be very curious to see exactly what they can get done in 30 minutes. I mean, it says demo. Yeah, so is that when you just do a combat? I don't know, because when you do a demo of a game, you get maybe like a five-minute introductory. You get 15 minutes of stuff being awesome, and then the last 10 minutes of you can do whatever you want. Yeah, but d, &D is, it's this it's so multifaceted that if you do RP, game's over, 30 minutes have ended up. If you just do combat, 30 minutes are over. You, you, you're missing at least a couple of the pillars of D&D. &D. So I, I could easily see people saying, okay, this is not for me because I just played combat for half an hour. I could see that. I could see that. I think it, it would depend on who is running the game. You know, because at the end of the day, it's a D&D &D game and a D&D &D game is dependent upon the DM. True. It also depends. I, I don't know anything about Voyage to Stormwreck Isle. Um, I, I, I should have given the caveat earlier that I've been, since the podcast went on a little bit of a hiatus, I was very disconnected from all things D&D. &D. Um, and I'm pretty sure Voyage to Stormwreck Isle came out a little bit before that time. I'm not positive. 
Um, but we went to the store the other day to um, like a bookstore and looked at the D&D section. I'm like, I didn't know this book came out. I forgot if this book was yeah. even out. So I saw I saw a bunch of things. So this is this D&D, D&D Direct is coming from the eyes of someone that has been disconnected from D&D for about a year-ish or so. And from someone that's pretty new to D&D. So just I guess that's an important caveat to give now. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said if you are an experienced player, you may enjoy the fourth level heist that we mentioned earlier. Prisoner 13, which comes from, okay, I didn't know this, but I forgot to mention earlier. It comes from the anthology book, Keys from the Golden Vault, which came out very recently. Oh. Came out in the last year. It, again, came out in that time that I've been very disconnected. So I, I know nothing. I just know they're all, Keys from the Golden Vault are all like roguish, uh, heist, sneaky type adventures. Uh, they say if you'd like to be more involved, you can ask your game store if they need Dungeon Masters. So you could go work for free for some time. And have fun. In this economy. In this economy and have fun. But again, ways to get people. Now people have seen the movie. Okay, after you go to the movie, hey, let's hop over to our LGS and play a 30-minute game. And see what you like about D&D or if you don't like about it. I I guess it's easier than saying, hey, you just sat through a two and a half hour movie. Now let's go sit and play for four hours. Right, exactly. That's the other thing about the movie coming out. People don't understand how much long, how long this takes. Yeah, I mean, if you were to break <laughs> that movie, I'm sure into a campaign, that'd take like two, three years to get through. And they played um, a campaign to get into their characters, yes, like the actors true. did. The actors did. Um, so it's a two hour and fifteen minutes. Who knows now. how long they played for? Um, okay, I know everyone's excited about this one, because last time in the D&D Direct, I kind of shit all over this, the last podcast I talked about, uh, the Hasbro March Months Monster Madness, Madness. Uh, make space on your toy shelves, everybody, behind here. Wow. Because Hasbro, who owns Wizards of the Coast, and Wizards of the Coast owns D&D, if you're unaware, uh, is coming in hot with a series of D&D toys to celebrate the game as well as the release of D&D Honor Among Thieves. I love their... This is... I don't know if this is a way for them to get on everyone's good side, but don't forget, everybody, that Hasbro is one of the reasons that we had the whole shenanigans a while back about changing the OGL. So so they released... uh, We got previews of toys for the Golden Archive collection, which includes a premium six-inch figure of characters from the movie. Oh, Okay. As well as larger figures from the beloved Beholder Xanathar and his pet goldfish, which is cute. Aww. And Owlbear and Displacer Beasts from the movie. Okay. They also, in uh, celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 1980s D&D cartoon, Hasbro is also releasing figures for um, characters, for each of the characters. Okay. Uh, oh, each of the characters from the D&D cartoon. I understand what they're saying now. Uh, and they also have Dicelings, which are oversized Aww. D20s that convert into monsters, including the Beholder, Black Dragon, Red Dragon, and Owlbear. Uh, they said that you can hear more in the Hasbro special thing that happened a couple days ago. Let's see if we go to their website. We can see it. Yeah, they got a gigantic Black Dragon there. There's got the two, the, the four characters. There's Xanathar. I don't see its goldfish, though. Displacer uh, <laughs> Beasts. Owlbears. They're kind of cute. They're kind of cute. How much are they, though? That's the real question. Let's click sh- pre-order now on Xanathar and see how much he is. 50 bucks. That's less than I thought. How big is it? Is, like, what did you say? Six inches? No. Um, I imagine it says, yes, yeah, six inch scale. Hmm. I don't see his goldfish anywhere. There he is. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, his goldfish is cute. Yeah, comes, I don't understand the reference, but I'm sure I'll get it separately. in the movie. Uh, he's, a, he's a very famous in the D&D world in the Xanathar, and he's a, I don't know if I'd say nice, good beholder, but he's nicer than the others. You can at least talk to him. Um, okay, so they released that, which is cool. Cute. I mean, Cute, people yeah. are always looking for new D&D merch. I guess so, yeah. And then for all you MTG Magic the Gathering fans, they released a new Ooh. secret lair, yay! Which is a limited release based around the movie, which has characters in the film. What's a secret lair? Secret lairs, they release... They used to release only a couple a year, now they release like a billion a year, which is like special releases that has like... Like they have a God of War one, I believe. They had it, it ties into other franchises, but also sometimes they release like special editions, like new art sets. Like they had a Junji Ito art set that they released like five or six cards. So is it like playable cards? Yeah, they're all playable. Okay. Yeah, but okay. they're like fancier versions of the cards, special versions, or limited versions of sometimes they're a card that already exists but has different art and a different name okay. to tie into a product, but it's they also have the actual card, like titled underneath it okay that makes sense um i've never played magic the gathering but i did play uh pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, so i kind of get it it's uh 40 50 bucks for the foil edition 40 bucks for the non-foil edition yeah people are lately are shitting all over hasbro and wizard of the ghost slash mtg because the amount of secret layers that they released is crazy Okay, so they've got that. Uh, now back to some more specific D&D stuff. Oh, kind of. Um, so if you guys know who R.A. Salvatore is, or R.A. Salvatore, I don't know exactly if that's the right way to pronounce his name. He's the guy that created Drizzt and made Neverwinter and um, Drow popular, I guess. Um, so I didn't know this, but Drizzt apparently has been around for 35 years now, and he's still pumping out new books. Um yeah, he released the, the third book uh, in the Way of the Drow series, Lulth's Warrior. It's releasing this August. I've read the first trilogy that he wrote for Drizzt, and it's... These are books? Yeah, I have it over there. Like like here. novel books? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I um, just wanted to clarify. Yeah, Ari Salvatore said it's an author, yeah. Uh, and it's passable. It's, it's cookie-cutter fantasy. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing special, but it's... D&D, I guess, at the end of the day. It's something crazy. Okay. Um, and there's also a MMORPG called Neverwinter that came out a while ago. And I've, Every time I see a new announcement, I forget that it still exists, but they just had a new expansion of it called Minzo Baranzan, which is the drow capital city. Uh, and it just came out, and so this was like a tie-in, and they interviewed R.I. Salvatore, so that was cool. So what... What did they do with him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, wait, in tie with D and D, what did they? What, what, what does he do? Uh, he writes books that are in the Forgotten Realms universe, or the Neverwinter universe, or never, I think Neverwinter's in Forgotten Realms. Either he just writes books in one of the universes for D and D. Okay, so he came out with more books. It's coming out this August. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was just. It just. It's, I'm even reading it. It's not very clear. <laughs> now they interviewed him, and then they're tying that into the Neverwinter RPG, MMORPG, which is free to play, so if you want to check it out, you Oh, can. okay, okay. This makes more sense. Thank you. Uh, they call, it's funny. They, they don't call it expansion. They call it a module. I don't know if that's... Interesting. Yeah. Okay, now to actually some kind of interesting stuff. 
The D&D Virtual Tabletop, which they've been kind of teasing for a while. They shut down some other tabletops um, because we figured they were making their own. And here we get our first look, a deep dive. And it looks, you made the comment yesterday when I showed you, um, that it looks like Divinity. To me, it's a little too much on the game side of a virtual tabletop. Explain. When I want a virtual tabletop, I don't want it to look this like it leaves very little open to the imagination. Like if I'm looking at this screenshot, there's a video that they had as well that it's there's a house here looks like a tavern, maybe with a with a couple trees outside and we're fighting a beast here while in D&D, like when we're playing and I'm drawing a map out, all mm -hmm. you see is lines on a page and it leaves a Oh, so much to the imagination. Right. Like if I can't put what I want to put into the tabletop, then it probably doesn't exist because we see it in like almost like a one-to-one -one creation that I can't really say, okay, I know you don't see uh, a bundle of barrels in that corner, but I promise you there's a bundle of barrels in that corner. <laughs> While in, you know, when we're playing on a, on a regular map on the tabletop, I can just easily say there's a you know, barrel over here, there's barrels over there, there's a guy hiding over there. Right, then I can say, I go to one of the barrels, and you're just uh, like, sure, just pick one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, okay. to me, it's a little too It's restricting. Gamey. Yeah, it's a little too gamey for me. I know some people like that. There's really nice VFX, so like fireballs and things like that, and it's cool. For me, a virtual tabletop, I much prefer a more isometric top-down view, and basically do what I do already on a tabletop space with drawing a map, but just virtually to make it easier to connect people from across the world. Um, but so I you mean like, um, what is it, Roll20? Roll20 is a good yeah. job of that. Um, there's a couple out there that do similar things. Foundry is closer to this, where it's mm. a little on the gamey side. And again, some people love that, some people don't. Yeah, I mean, it totally depends. I can see this working for someone whose imagination maybe is limiting. Yeah. Or limited, rather. Um, and I could totally see this working and being like, wow, look at me. I'm actually shooting a fireball, you know. Yeah. Whereas for people like you and me, it seems a little bit limiting to be like, okay, well, we're near a cabin. So I guess I can't use one of the spells that throws everything on fire around me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes me un happy that it says the D&D beyond integration. And you would think the integration would be like, oh, I can just import literally anything from D&D Beyond over. Right, yeah. But it says uh, players can assign a character from D&D Beyond to a mini, which updates their stats and features on to be immediately used in-game. Hmm. Not all abilities are supported as of this moment, but most direct damage spells, weapons, and healing have simple autom automation. But it doesn't say anything about from the DM side of, like, I can just grab a monster, toss it, and it's got oh, a mini. I can't just, you know. That's a really good point. This is all being shown through the player's perspective. Pretty much. The only thing that That's wasn't from the place they talked about dungeon master controls. You can spawn minis, assign monster data. Um, like, I wonder if they also are going to build in module support where, like, I own Curse of Strahd and there are maps in Curse of Strahd and people will make maps. And I can just import the map uh, directly in. Yeah. Um, they also talk about. Um, they say you can import 2D maps and play on them with minis. So that could be a way to satisfy what I was looking for with a more isometric view. Um, they also mentioned here DMs, but they wanted it to be convenient for both Dungeon Masters and players. So whatever that means. Um, they didn't really talk about, from my understanding, 
like if there's a price, they said there would be a community marketplace. And they said marketplace, they're referring to a shared space, so kind of like a workshop like Steam has. We just hop in and download stuff. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, from my understanding. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll get more information when this releases, when it's closer to release. We know very little about it now, just that it's closer to being finished than it was last year. I think, I think my other thing is this is possibly good for people who don't necessarily have a great imagination. That's okay. There's no shame yeah. in that at all. Or um, you don't have, like, I think there's, or like creative, there's, there's that, well, there's that um, disorder. I don't know if disorder is the right word. Disability. Um, where you can't imagine things. Like, it's just physically impossible. Yeah, and that's fine. There's no problem with that. Um, and I think this would be great for people who are playing online as well. Um, yeah. Because, like, for you, like, I, ca- I cannot see the map if I was online. Right. You, we had to have a separate camera for the map whenever we had a player that was online. So that would work well for that. But I feel like in terms of... Because the next... Um, because we're looking at an iPad. Um, if you scroll down, you see people with their screens <laughs> sitting around a table, and that just feels so disjointed. It feels yeah. like you're not really there with each other. So I feel like this would be good for an online sort of space, but maybe for in person, this might not be the great the greatest option. I agree. I oh, that's the wrong one. I I'm trying to pull up like for the live play. That we briefly did. I had um, I used an app called Encounter Plus, mm-hmm. and it's the isometric view that I was kind of talking about that I like. And I literally could just grab a pen or a pencil and draw the map. That right. I um, it's, it's, so you're just looking at a grid and you're grabbing a pencil yeah. and being like, okay, here's the shape. And I could toss in different minis and stuff to easily just show what I'm trying to portray to the players. Um, and this we could. I could cast it from my iPad to a TV or I could cast it to that is true. Discord yes. or something. And so that way everyone could see it. Even we were all playing as a fly in my face. <laughs> we were playing at a table, like you were saying, but this is a way that for everyone, we were kind of separated apart because the live play was kind of tough for us all to get together on a, uh, with a map. Um, and so I could see someone using this for that exact purpose where, or even someone like across the world, you just use this instead of a, a full physical map. And that way you're all able to see the same stuff altogether. It definitely blurs, blurs the line between a tabletop game and yeah. a video game. Well, Divinity 2 tried this. They had a game master mode or something like that. And like Matthew Mercer oh. and a couple other D&D creators were showcasing it. Interesting. And okay. it literally did. They, I never saw it ever being used again after I saw that showcase. Well, they do games in person. Well, not, I don't mean not even for like anywhere. Really? I never, I never saw it was. Oh, it was interesting. But I mean, again, it wasn't D&D because it was in the Divinity game. And that was that's it, Baldur's Gate. I think it's going to have something similar um, when that's fully done. But again, it just to me, it's too gamey. It's like when I'm playing D&D, I want to play D&D. I don't want to play a video game. And this to me, it just feels a little too video gamey. But yeah. That's just me. Okay, moving on to new life-size D&D figures. You can go to dndmini.com wow. and get new WizKids life-size figures. Um, okay, so let's click on it and see what they got. They have a life-size owlbear. That's a baby owlbear, so I don't think it's going to be like full-size. <laughs> uh, they have a mimic, uh, a pseudo-dragon, 
a Quasit, which is kind of funny, uh, Vecna, and the Mind Flayer. They These say, are all so detailed. I like them. Yeah, I mean, they better just Vecna's two fifty bucks. So yeah, better be really, really well made. <laughs> uh, he stands at twelve inches, so he's a full, full foot. And I mean, he looks really good. He looks a little. Sadly, the new Vecna that they have created to me looks a little too. I don't know what the right word is. Steampunky. Oh, I see. Because he's an undead god, basically. Mm. And the old Vecna, I thought, looked so cool. The new Vecna looks a little too technological. Let me see if I can show you. Let me see if I can show you some old Vecna pics. They're probably going to show me lots of Stranger Things ones. Yep, they are. Yeah, lots of Stranger Things. Uh, um, Let me just type in Vecna D&D. Maybe that'll give me more what I'm looking for. Um, Yeah, they just got a bunch of the new ones here. Maybe like this guy, yeah, because he's he's an undead like wow. necromancy god. Yeah, I feel like he has so much character. Yeah, look at this guy. Yeah, and they kind of just reduced him to a guy with gold plating and a gown. That's the one specifically that I really love. Whoa. Yeah, okay. The lich yeah. god Vecna. There's something about this new model, like his his outfit and everything, just makes him look like this like pensive guy right. who's who's maybe kind of into technology if that's what your D&D campaign is going to be about. I'm he's losing character for me. I wonder if they're going basing the face off of the Stranger Things guy. I hope not. Cuz the face Cuz yeah, the I old one you're showing me looks really cool. I clicked on too many things. So the face it's it's very humanoid, you know. It's more humanoid as. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I think I said that the last time they released Vecna stuff, and I was also on the fence about it. So I don't know. But it looks cool. They're all expensive, so you got the cash. You can put that on your D&D table or you know, put it in your background in your D&D dungeon room, whatever. Cool. Um, moving on, they released a little announcement on a little, little blurb talking about the Joe Manganiello's 50th anniversary D&D documentary that will be releasing next year. So that sounds cool. I like Joe Manganiello. He seems like a cool guy. He does seem like a very cool guy. Um, and I like a good documentary. So maybe it'll be cool. Maybe it won't be. Is Gary Gygax still alive? Who's that? He's got made D&D. No, oh, he died. So no. They'll probably have some of the other guys, I guess, that were Even I knew around that. him. What, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so now here we go, baby. This is what I've been looking forward to. Towards the end of the direct, they said a look. Because remember, they said that there were not coming any deep dives, nothing in depth, but any new D and D right adventures and right. stuff. Right, and so far it's been like promotional items, like new stat, new uh, minis, yeah. new uh, figures, and Bullshit stuff like that. and stuff. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is so. I guess maybe for. New fans, this is less of a... Cause I imagine as a new fan, it's like coming into a a TV show late. You're like, oh, shit, I got like three seasons to catch up on. Okay, I'll get started now. 100%. Some of the things you've mentioned, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds like fun. But the stuff that gets you into D&D, that's the stuff that you'd be most interested yes. in, is like the stuff we talked about earlier. Yes. And so this stuff, I imagine, is less on someone's radar. It's like, okay, there's new books here and here. Okay, well, I'm probably not going to get to know these books in a while. I hardly know, understand the player's handbook. But here, coming in 2023, all this stuff is coming out this year. Bigby presents Glory of the Giants. This we apparently were already aware of. Like I said, I've been out of the D&D zeitgeist for a hot minute. Didn't know this was a thing. They're releasing a book based all around giants. Um, makes sense. The Unearthed Arcana, the last couple 
Another kind of episodes that we had released on the podcast were giant related. So this is where all those things are finally finding a home. Uh, they're going to have uh, expanding the origins of giants, some player options, like I mentioned, and offer tools that you need to run your own giant size adventures. Ooh, and a little behind the curtain, I was actually thinking about making a giant based podcast. So I'm working on that will be coming sometime soon. Um, cool. Uh, the next thing they talked about was Fan Delver and Below the Shattered Obelisk. Time and again, obelisks have cropped up in our D&D adventures, which is true. The last one I really remember that they showed was Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, and that was the big thing. Spoiler alert. Turn away if you don't, if you care. Like, just skip like five seconds ahead, I guess. Um, but there was a obelisk in there that would take you through time if you touched it. Literally destroy your entire adventure. You worked wow. hours, sessions to get to the end of the adventure. And if you go to this obelisk and mess with it and touch it, uh, you literally just went to a different universe and went way back in time. And wow. <laughs> story's over. Yeah, I bet. Um, but so these obelisks have been appearing in different adventures for the last few years. And so this is going to finally explain all the obelisks. I will say I'm getting a little tired of, and we'll talk about it in the next book here, I'm getting a little tired of everything in the world utilizing multiverses. Multiverse is like the, yeah. the word of the last couple of years here. Start with Marvel, then there was a, uh, you know, a couple other things that released. Now we got... D&D is heading into multi... I mean, D&D's already always had multiverse stuff, but now That's they're true, yeah. really starting to, to lean into it. I think because multiverses are now a big thing, like everything everywhere all at once and stuff like that. Um, even um, DC, like the new DC Flash movie, is going to be resetting the DC universe and going into another multiverse. And so I'm getting tired of multiverses. But playing... Do you think... And this is going to be kind of a deep question. Okay. Um, do you think this is a reflection of because it, it's really been much more in recent years. Uh -huh. Do you think this is a reflection of how humanity is kind of feeling with things going on with like, we like COVID economy, like things going on in different countries? It could be. I think it honestly, I think it's just. The, for me, and I could be wrong, I think it's just the the pull that Marvel has now. Oh, okay. That they, people knew they were kind of heading into multiverse direction, then Doctor Strange kind of be like, oh, this is a kind of cool idea. They probably didn't capitalize it as much as they should have. And then um, people were intrigued by the multiverse idea, maybe because of the reasons you just mentioned. But they're intrigued by it, and then everything all at once did what Doctor Strange, people wanted Doctor Strange to do and did it in a much cooler way, more impactful way. Um... Now, DC is doing that as well because they're resetting everything. It's a good way to also reset stuff. Um, we've That's killed true. off all of our characters. Okay, let's find a way that we can bring everyone back. Make uh, more money. Yeah, make more <laughs> money and, and continue this franchise. Or no one gave a shit about DC, so let's find a way to make people to give revamp a shit about. it. Yeah. Which, Canonically, I mean, they're, they're doing <laughs> Flashpoint, which is a very famous um, DC comic series where Flash yes. did reset everything. Yes. And so they're, yes, they're, yes, they're yes. like, hey, we've done this before. Let's just do it again. Uh, whatever. But so, yeah, D&D is now doing that what, too. And I'll talk about it a little more in a second. I have some theories where they're heading. Um, the next thing they talk about Planescape adventures in the multiverse. If you've been listening to the podcast for a hot minute, you know, I've been once Planescape <laughs> shenanigans coming. And so we got some. They're going to be bringing out Sigil, which I love Sigil. A city where everyone and everything comes together. I mentioned Sigil on a podcast a while back. They, I 
can't remember it was a book they released where there was like a hub world i was like this is basically like sigil but not sigil so now they're actually bringing sigil into 5e um but i love planescape it'll be very interesting so far uh two of these have been adventures the first one was player slash dm related and this next one is also i believe player and dm related the book of many things oh. for the first time we're exploring the story behind the campaign rocking deck of many things if you don't know what the deck of many things is, it's a deck that you give to your players at the end of your story. Because if you give it to them at the beginning, your campaign will likely explode in a ball of fire. Because um, you can pull a card from the deck of many things and literally anything could happen. You could get rushed off to the, the seventh layer of hell. Whoa. Or you could suddenly have a wish that you can do anything with. There's, it can give you lots of crazy shenanigans. Um, so they're, utilize, they're using this book to explain where this comes from. And I think they're going to be player and DM options because there have been some Unearthed Arcana stuff that are showing like some player-related deck of many things content. So cool. These are all coming out in 2023. I'm intrigued. Uh, that's, that's all we got for that. They also just kind of teased teased some things tease. coming in 2024 and the future of D&D. So this is probably where the title is coming from. The future of D&D is what the title of this podcast is talking about, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> they talked about Vecna a little bit more. Oh, okay. They say Vecna will unleash his cosmic horror upon the D&D multiverse with a world-hopping adventure in 2024 that celebrates D&D's 50-year anniversary and reveals plots for wow. years to come. So, I mean, again, it makes sense with the multiverse stuff. Um, Vecna utilizes Sigil a lot, and Sigil is like the, the hub um, of the the multiverse um in fact now like i said is the cosmic horror multiverse world hopping guy so it makes sense they're kind of bringing him in now so my theory mm-hmm. is and i wrote this down here over earlier my theory is that vecna will take us to the next edition of D. <gasps> this happened in, oh. in, in in second edition uh-huh. to third edition they had an adventure called die vecna die and there was lots of multiverse shenanigans. And that was their way of explaining the... It was kind of funny. It's their way of explaining the mechanical differences between both editions. Mm, okay. So I imagine something will happen here where Vecna will reset the world. Or he'll, he'll fuck with the space-time continuum. I don't know. He'll do something. Yeah. And the world will start to fall apart. And that will lead into the new edition of D&D. Cool, right? Very cool, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's what's gonna happen. I don't know exactly, but it's it's intriguing to me. And like I said, I'm kinda sick of multiverses, but I like Vecna, so maybe it'll be cool. Um, they also said that he's not the only prominent villain to be returning. There will be the Red Wizards of Thay, which I haven't seen the movie, so no spoilers, but apparently the Red Wizards of Thay are a big well, maybe not big, but they're important to the movie. Oh, okay. And the Red Wizards of Thay have been teased as like like this, the worst or strongest villains in the Forgotten Realms universe. They were a major antagonist um, and things. I don't know. But so they're featured in, in, in the movie. And so they are going to have an adventure in 2025. Oh, wow. So it's two years from now. Yeah. Um, and that's about all they announced. Um, then they released a big sale on D&D Beyond that's going to go until April 9th. You know, and D&D Beyond related items. Um, my big notice though is I didn't mention one D&D. One D&D is what they were using as the code word for the next edition of D&D. Um, like the fifth edition that we're in now was called D&D Next for a while. This um, one they're calling One D&D, mm. uh, which is a stupid name for a D&D. 
Um, but they're just referring to everything as D&D, which is almost like they're saying we're heading that way now. That's why I think Vecna might be the kind of the lead over. And they've said over and over again that one D&D will be compatible with the edition that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder how much of a crossover we'll keep getting with that. And if D&D is just D&D now, they're not going to have one D&D anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Uh, I wasn't super sold by this um, D&D Direct. You as a new player, were you like, hey, this seems like something I could get into? There were definitely a few things that I thought, oh, this is really cool. Um, I could definitely use this either by myself or like if I had kids or so on and so forth. Um, or like if I like merch, right? A lot of merch stuff here. A lot of merch. Um, there were some things that I didn't quite understand, um, which is fine. I mean, I don't need to understand everything. Um, but as far as like, am I excited with all this new stuff? I'm not sure if... As a new player, I'm into it enough to know what all these, like, the worth of all of these things. Does right. that make like, sense? In fact, that means nothing to you. Right, exactly. Like, I haven't watched Stranger Things. I know who he is. I know what he does. I know what he looks like. I've seen the memes. But <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's a character. Well, it's in even, D&D, it's cool. Well, it's even the, the character in Stranger Things isn't even the character in D&D. That's right. They just call him back. It's call him back because that's how the kids relate to what's happening. That's like the way of dealing with the trauma of what's going on. It's like they relate. <laughs> they, they're able to understand and comprehend and not go mad because they're like, okay, this is a D&D character. I can understand this. Um, Sad. But I think, I, I think D&D is really finding ways to capitalize on world events by they're releasing a movie okay let's have a bunch of tie-ins in the movie now we're yeah. releasing the it's mul- kind of icky to yeah it's to very, see it's Hasbro. It makes sense yeah um multiverses are really big okay let's have a bunch of multiverse stuff going on okay vecna is really big because of stranger things now okay let's bring vecna back again yeah that'd be fun yeah i mean as far as like new player stuff i really enjoyed all the resources Mm-hmm. Uh, if I watch the movie, I'll probably enjoy the merch. You know, it's the owlbear is super cute. Um, I was breaking it while you're talking. Some talk- of the new books. Yeah. Really cool. While Sorry, I was, I mean, No, while you're breaking it, or while you're talking, I was breaking down out of everything on here. If you currently play D&D besides merch, right? Right. There's two things in here that you can currently, maybe not even currently, there's two things you can utilize on your table that they announced today. One being the Minecraft characters. Out of how many? Oh, geez. Mm, A lot. Like 15-ish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's not two, lot. one being the Minecraft compendium monsters, and two being all the books that we just talked about. No, but you have the resources. Well, yeah, but if you have been playing D&D, you already had those. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If you're a new player, you mm-hmm. had all the new resources, and a D&D play event that you could now go to. Um, and that's also it. So I guess even if you're a new player, you only got two new things that you could, that could sink your team. But those are, like the, the player resources, those are pretty big. Those are pretty helpful to get you into it. This, this was definitely more of a, like I said at the beginning of the video, hey, there's a D&D movie. We should probably do all of this D&D friendly stuff and merch. Because like you said, like if there were two things, about two, two, three things that I knew nothing of, which meant they were actual D&D stuff. And the rest of it, it's like, yeah, I know merch. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, I know Minecraft. So I didn't want to say it before I checked, but I just compared. I was thinking the last D&D, this, this is very lackluster. Right, the last D&D Direct. Yes, yes. I just double checked my notes from the last D&D Direct. Last time we got the Spelljammer announcement, which were three books, three books. Um, and that was a big adventure that they talked about. And, and um, uh, it was an adventure, um, DM campaign stuff, as yes. well as monsters. They also released the first Monsters Compendium. Yes. They had lots of really cool stuff. The Eldritch Lich was really sick. They released uh, stuff about the new book, Journey to the Radiant Citadel. Stuff about the Dragonlance campaign setting, which uh, that's the book that came out that I forgot that it came out. Oh, okay. Uh, a war game that was mediocre, I guess. The D&D starter set, Giants of Stormwreck Ah, that we talked about before, that also got released. They re- announced they released a lot of things in the different languages. Campaign wow. cases. Uh, uh, stuff from WizKids, like always. Um, an update for Baldur's Gate 3. Stuff for Neverwinter. Um, bullshit about yeah, WizKids again. And then they released stuff at the movie. This this would be a much cooler <laughs> direct. That was a lot of fun. I yeah. was like, this is cool. I love this. I love that. I love. There's so many cool things. And then I just scroll back up to this D&D direct. And I will I will say this. Wow. So so for someone like me who's only played a few times, right? Um, has, hasn't seen the movie. Doesn't know much. Uh-huh. I knew what you were talking about ninety percent of the time. In this direct, when you were explaining, right, when a, the last true. direct came out, that's fair, and you were talking to me about it outside of the the podcast, I asked a lot of questions. I wasn't sure what you were talking about. Um, yeah. I asked you about like prices. I asked you a lot of different things because I was not familiar with it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like in terms of value, this direct has. It was more aimed at people like me, yeah, rather than people like you, but. And that's good, you know, to getting more people to play D&D. But for you, who's played for years, this Direct was disappointing. Or it must have been disappointing. It was, yeah. Um, I am interested. Um, like I said, I'll redirect back to that tweet that we started this whole episode talking about. Mm-hmm. That they're not going to be doing deep dives. And uh, we'll focus on VTT, the movie, and, quote, partnerships. Yeah. And if we're looking for deep dives into 2023 tabletop products, that will come later this year. Okay. Um, I don't know how much later it will be because we're already in the fourth month of the year. Um, so I guess that's maybe they'll be doing a second direct or something else. I mean, Nintendo just directs all the time. So we'll have to see. That That's probably more what I would be looking for. I do think, like you said, this direct was aimed for the movie just released. Just came out. Let's get something out. So, to capitalize on this excitement. Also, it's Hasbro. It is Hasbro. <laughs> and you know Hasbro. And if you don't, there are lots of um, videos on YouTube and things like that, especially with other um, toy companies like My Little Pony and things like that. Hasbro is very notorious for making a big deal out of selling toys. <laughs> and, you know, it's fine. That's their company. But I think... Personally, D&D is a little bit bigger than selling toys. So, that's my opinion, though. Yeah, the direct was two days before the movie released. So, very much timed. I'm sure, I I, I would try it now, but I'm sure it's changed. But if if you were to type in D&D when that came out, 
it'd probably be the movie and this direct. And they're just trying to capitalize on that search engine optimization. I mean, they're a company. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. But it does, but the community doesn't make it feel like it. You know, you talk to anybody about D and D, they're they're like, "Here's this free resource. I will literally email you right here, right now. I'll send it. Like, you want to come to my game? You know, like I love the D and D community. How helpful they are, especially through this whole process of um, the video you had when you came back. Um, sorry, not the video, the podcast episode. Yeah. Um, about what was going on with everything and how they were going to limit free resources, and the community was like, "Okay, fine." We'll make we'll, our own. You'll make game. your own. Yeah. So I think it was beautiful. And I think this direct is maybe a tiny bit of a slap in the face. Just, just a little bit. A yeah. little smack. Like, yeah. hey, look at all these things you can spend a bunch of money on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you had the, some of the free resources on there. But, like, let's say you're a DM and you had that free resource, right? It's not teaching you how to help your players make a character sheet. No, you just click a button. And you just click made. a button and it's done. And yeah. I mean, that's convenient and that's good. But if you're making like a homebrew game, it's not really helpful if you're a DM trying to help people trying to get into Which D&D. Which reminds me that D&D Beyond had a lot of planned features that have never really come to fruition. So it's kind of annoying to me that they're working a lot on this virtual tabletop when D&D Beyond itself as a cohesive homebrew product doesn't exist. It's very hard to homebrew things in D&D Beyond. So that's the DD Direct. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining. <laughs> I appreciated the newer player perspective because you're definitely more interested about certain things than I was. Yes. Um, and I have this book here, Tabletop Role Playing Therapy by Megan A. Connell. I talked about it a couple weeks ago um, about how this was coming out soon and I was excited for it. And it is here. I've started, I've barely cracked into it, but. I'll make an episode on this somewhat in the future. I mean, it's a pretty big book. So uh, it'll be less about actually like therapy at the table because I doubt there's many people that listen to the podcast that could relate to that. Uh, but it'll just be more about mental health and tabletop RPGs and D&D itself. Because I think a lot of people that play this game also are dealing with their own stuff. Uh, so I think it could be an interesting episode to, to discuss as a counselor myself. Um I also have that giant episode, the giant themed episode coming out um, pretty soon. So it'll be fun to also work on. Um, I don't know. That's about it. That's all I got, folks. If you want to tell me more, tell me your thoughts on the D&D Direct, then hop into the Discord. The link is down below. Leave a comment on the YouTube video about your thoughts as well, or maybe you're, maybe you're a counselor as well, and you want to utilize this book i don't know whatever your thoughts are i want to hear them so hop into the discord hop on down to the comment section below i appreciate you the last episode did pretty well in the stats department so i'm glad you enjoyed the improv episode it was a lot of fun to make um do you have any final words before we sign off um i'm excited for D. thank you so much for listening oh, and go. supporting my boyfriend i'm so thankful he loves us um so I'm very thankful. <laughs> don't, don't, don't flatter them. <laughs> don't make them feel good about themselves. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye.